Today on the show, we discuss Order 66, the innocence lost in times of war, and one young Jedi's struggle to overcome his past. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. My name's Connor. And my name's Kevin. And Kevin, uh, we are once again uh, back on the grind talking about probably my favorite game of last year, Star Wars Jedi Fall Order. I'm oh, yeah. excited. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I had my reservations due to uh, obvious publishers but um <laughs> who will rename n- remain nameless but yeah their names rhyme I mean, with uh, b yeah i i was i definitely was nervous about getting it and then um i saw some gameplay and i did see the glitches and um all you guys had it and you were all telling me how good it was so my wife bought it for me for christmas and i was hooked yeah same here i was hooked as soon as i played it it's a timeless adventure uh, delivered um, thrills, chills, and uh, a lot of heart. And it also delivered a really nuanced take on one of the most kind of, I guess you could say, infamous events of the prequel trilogy. The uh, scene that depicts Order 66. Very uh, dark moment in Star Wars history. And Jedi Fallen Order had a really interesting take on uh on that particular event i would say yeah um so basically order 66 is when palpatine the emperor the sith lord himself um oh i don't think it's the clone i think it's the original one because there's so many clones i don't know what to tell you people um <laughs> but hard to keep track there was a um there was um an order called order 66 that said the jedi were against the republic they were against the uh they went rogue and they went you know to a i guess they um, were traitors to the republic basically yeah they're traitors to the republic terrorists all that jazz and so the um clones are ordered to um kill all jedi on site uh right no prisoners just kill them and all the clones most of the clones as i will probably say most of the clones had a special chip in them as well that made them have to obey like it wasn't like they could not disobey the order; they had to obey all orders. Right. It was programmed into them. It wasn't really an option. And there's more to say on that. But what we're what we're here to talk about is uh, one particular person's experience during Order sixty six. Now, in Episode three, Revenge of the Sith, we see Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters across the galaxy betrayed and gunned down by the troops and the commanders that they were leading into battle. But in Fallen Order. We follow the main character, Cal Kestis, into kind of a flashback back to when he was, I mean, conservatively speaking, no more than 12 years old, probably. He was barely, yeah, barely into his teens, I would have to guess. I thought he Still was more child. like 10. Like, he yeah, looked that's, like a, a real little kid. A, a kid uh, he was a Padawan at the time, so he wasn't a youngling. So he wasn't a very, very small child. He wasn't like an infant. He was, you know, preteen, maybe. So as a Padawan, he was stationed on 
you know, sorry to geek out, but I'm assuming an acclimator class assault ship or maybe a Venator class cruiser uh, <laughs> with. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, sorry. His contingent of uh, clone troopers and his master, Jaro Tapal, was, uh, you know, in charge. And he was going to training one day. He was just going over to meet his master to receive some lessons, just like uh, he usually does, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. But on that particular day, that happened to be the day Chancellor Palpatine gave the order. The Order 66. Yeah. And um, when we see this, it uh, we've so basically the way the game works is it shows us these little snippets of time that Cal uh, had during his training. Uh, we'll get back to that in just a sec. But it, the way the game sets up Order 66 um, is that we have been kind of getting snippets of his time on the ship. And now, ultimately, it's his last um, test, really, uh, in the training ground on the ship. And when he, we start off uh, while he's in his little kind of, I guess you could say his, his room, whatever. His yeah, room. his quarters. And um, he gets an order from his master. He wants him to meet him. So you don't just, all, all the other times, you're you're already in the training area. This time is... It's more personal. You're in his quarters and now you're having to walk through the ship and go to the training area and you talk to a bunch of clones. He sees them kind of like family, if you will, I guess, or like these cool dudes that he's trying to impress these soldiers. And he's like, yeah, look at me like I'm just a kid, but I'm a Jedi. I'm one of you guys, you know, and you have now a lot of people just walk by them. Actually, if you talk to them and you continuously talk to them, they actually have conversations with him. Um mm-hmm which is pretty cool. Um, And then the game follows you all the way through to the training ground. He does his little training and he, um, at first I was nervous because during the middle of training, like one of the troopers starts shooting at you and you're like, Oh my God, it's starting. And then it's, it was just a joke. It was just like a, a, you know, his master was like, yeah, shoot it like a stun laser at him and see what he does. It's like Um, a training exercise. Yeah. It's part of the training exercise. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so then he makes it to his master and he's like, good job, Padawan, and all that. And then the order comes through. Right. You see in the background a uh, clone commander receiving the hologram from Palpatine. And, you, you know, if, you've, you've, if you're playing the game, you've most likely seen the movies and you, that, that tingle runs up your spine. You're like, oh, no, this is about to go bad. This is about to go south really fast. But Jaro T'Pol senses something's wrong and he just cuts the guy in in half like immediately and well you see his master you see his master just like all of a sudden like almost fall to his knees he gets it's like it's like the biggest migraine of the of the universe um he senses all the jedi and all these force users being killed right the great disturbance in the force and he's able to still luckily react the last second save his life and the life of life of calcastus but immediately we are shown how grave this incident is we see cal like you just mentioned he watches one of his friends basically like an older brother to him one of the clone troopers get just carved apart by his master's lightsaber but right before that he sees the you know the commander aim his blaster at his master and he's just so confused like what's going on why would he do that why and he's just so confused and again it's just a kid being you know forced to experience all this now, normally in like the movies, you see when you see the order, you just see the Jedi not really knowing what's happening and they just all start getting obliterated 
Or you see the part where like Anakin goes up to the younglings, not even Padawan. Those guys are, those little dudes are younglings. Those were um, kids, kids. Yeah. Those were, yeah. Um, we see them survive in the first like couple minutes. It doesn't kill them. And that's what really, I was like, oh man, all right, cool, cool, cool. And and I'm going to, I'm going to experience something crazy right now. And then all of a sudden, instead of following the Jedi, he tells you to go somewhere and then now you're the kid again. Yeah, it's different from the movies because we're, we're we're seeing this through a child's eyes. We're living his perspective. And like you mentioned, he just minutes ago had been living a relatively carefree life, just kind of hanging out with his 10,000 or so cool older brothers before, you know, getting trained in the Jedi ways. And now everything's turned upside down. His life will never be the same. And as we'll get into later, all of these events will have a very profound effect on the rest of his life really oh yeah um it kind of we'll get into this but i will throw this out there for right now it kind of triggers almost the we were talking about this earlier like a, the equivalent to like a force ptsd um a bit, yeah and we'll, we'll get into that but the the catalyst for the trauma that you just mentioned it comes a lot from what happens to cal's master in cal's case jarrett paul is not just a teacher, not just someone he kind of has to obey. Jaro Paul is, is the closest thing he has to a father. And so later on in that incident, when, you know, we see things go badly, Jaro Paul has to start killing um, clones and beings that were once close friends of Cal's. That's also very traumatic for him. But in order to ensure that Cal can escape alive, Jaro Tapal essentially gives his life. He stands between Cal and a squad of troopers and just takes uh, half a dozen plaster bolts, and he's mortally wounded. And I think at that point, after all that Cal's been through, you know, escaping and running through the corridors, trying to avoid the clones, and just trying to wrap his young mind around what's happening to him, that, I think, pushes him past the brink. It sort of breaks him in a lot of ways. I would also say it's really disheartening because... The way you see the clones treat him prior, and even the clones like kind of joke around. Yeah, they high five him. They say, "You got this, kid. Good luck." You know, yeah, right? like yeah, and, and like and and even with like to Paul, like they're joking around with him. Like and that's the right. thing. They all they're all like one big happy family of you know soldiers, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, camaraderie totally and all yeah. that. And so it's really disheartening to see everything especially when he's walking through the corridors well not really the corridors the 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 underside or the upper part of the ship um you get to kind of through like the grates and stuff you see everything and you hear cal like his inner monologue talking about how because it's 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 the way that i think they did a really good job of this because it was not just your character's silent and you're just running through to try to get to the next checkpoint and you're just hearing the other characters talk throughout this entire thing you hear those other characters talk you're running through to the next checkpoint but cal is talking at least to himself he's having an inner monologue he's kind of freaking out as a child he's trying to process this whole thing he's like why are they doing this oh my god he's got a bunch of questions he's upset he's sad you can hear it in the voice acting like again great job and it just kind of really brings you in as a player to really connect with the character yeah it's it's one thing to demonstrate a tragic fall of the jedi order 
where it's just, oh, we were betrayed, we were killed. It's another thing to put you in the shoes of a young person who had really no business being anywhere near a combat zone <laughs> and yeah. did not deserve anything like, you know, watching his friends kill each other and watch his parental figure give his life for him. It's so much, yeah, like we, we've used the term impactful a bit here. And like we'll get into later, I think the point of this scene, on top of just sort of giving us another perspective on Order 66, the point of the scene was to make us appreciate as players, make us appreciate what Cal lost. He didn't just lose a master, he lost a lot of innocence. That kind of brings us back to the central theme here. He lost an ability to trust. He lost um, relationships and friendships and love in a lot of way. A lot of ways. I mean, the the Jedi discourage love, but you know what I mean. Just you know, kind of companionship and people who care about you. He lost connection with other living beings. Exactly. He lost that. And when his master, with his dying breath, asks Cal to just keep yourself safe, trust in the Force. You know, I I know you'll I know you'll survive. You're strong, stronger than I think you are. Just get out of here. You know, go hide. And then. Cal kind of hides. He does what he was told to do to the nth degree. He takes it to the extreme where he just lays low for the rest of his life, basically. Well, I was going to say is I, I feel like his reaction when he gets on the ship and sees his master just like lying there, like in, in, in the escape pod. And he has like a little freak out. Like he's like, it finally hits like to where he can't control himself much anymore. Like as a kid, he just doesn't know what to do. He feels helpless. He's, you know, all these adults, like all this death, like all these adults are making these crazy decisions. They're doing all these terrible things. He kind of snaps and I wouldn't say he uses the dark side. I thought he was going to, but he doesn't use the dark side, but he does use his like, you know, kind of like slow down freezing force power and that he like screams you could you could feel i wouldn't say the hatred because when i first played it i was scared i was like oh my god he's gonna go dark oh my god oh my god he's gonna break and then i realized after i mean i've watched the videos of it multiple times but i i get it now it wasn't anger or hate or anything like that it was just straight fear it was just straight child fear not yeah. being able to control anything or do anything and not knowing what to do. And it was the only thing he could think to do with, without hurting them. That's the thing. Sure. They blew up the ship, blah, 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 whatever. But he himself didn't hurt them. He could have fucking crushed them. He could have killed them. He could have, you know, you're a force user. You could rip somebody's head off with a force. I mean, come on. But he specifically just froze them in place he screamed because he's, you know, upset and emotional. And then he just ran away. And I think that shows like he's still innocent. He's still a kid. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He didn't want to be there and have to deal with that. Yeah, what he did didn't come from a place of anger, really. It was just, like you said, fear. And there's nothing more I, you know, I want to use the I don't want to use the term pure, but <laughs> there's 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 little there are a few things that can compare to the fear of a child who is afraid, terrified, and who has lost and lost a sense of innocence and a sense of uh, safety that, that kind of, that kind of fear is uh, it stays with him a long time. As we can see later in the game, Cal kind of lives in that fear for a while. Okay. We're going to take a quick break here, but stick around. We'll be right back. 
Hey there, my name's Leo. I'm a producer here at Lore Party, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my Last of Us series. Humanity survived, but the world is changed forever. The cordyceps brain infection has spread across the globe. Nevertheless, life goes on. Joel, with his troubled past, and Ellie, one of the only hopes for humanity's future, are forced to make difficult decisions. Dodging cannibal cults and militant revolutionaries, clickers and bloaters, on the wildest road trip of the 2030s. Tune into our Last of Us episodes, where my co-host Lawrence and I discuss the ultimate moral questions the game posits, the characters who bring the world to life, whether we meet them or not, and of course, Jimmy Cooper. Hop on over to our Lore Party feed and search for The Last of Us. Well, that's enough for me. Back to your show. It's the the whole game is about essentially an abandoned child soldier because really that's what he is. Um, yeah, really he's growing in, down. Yeah, he he he's growing into his own. But one could say that he has a form. Now we said this earlier. He's kind of has like a form of like force PTSD. Um, he's no longer connected to the force when we meet him. He he kind of is, but not really. Um, and it's not necessarily his choice. Um, but he he doesn't after experiencing like all those terrible events of order 66, he's done. Like he's, he can't like even the, the trick he does where he freezes everybody in the escape pod. Can't do it again. He's, he's done. He can't really use the force like at all. It's part defense mechanism. We know when he's in hiding, trying to blend in and trying to just put his previous life behind him. We know that he distances himself from, what he used to be, but like you said, also it's not all voluntary. It's not all intentional. He is weighed down by a lot of the guilt and fear that he still carries with him. And that, that weakens his connection to the force. I think his powers, his potential, his connection to the force, they're all still there, but they're buried under very deep layers of trauma. And that trauma was, really solidified by his master's death and the experience of that betrayal of order 66. And ever since then, he's been just kind of sleepwalking through life a little bit, living in a gray void of um, trying to forget what he was and just survive at any cost. I mean, he blames himself too. Yeah. Yeah. And throughout the game, Every time he has to do something that's like a big deal, I guess you could say, you know, a boss fight or whatever you want to call it in the game itself for story thematic plot points. But those are times where he gets a new, I don't want to say new force ability, but he regains a layer. He peels back that onion layer and he gets another power back, I guess you could say, um, so it's like, like rediscovering times, parts of himself. Yeah, he all the times he has to fight like a boss really. Um it it kind of he realizes that, you know, oh I have friends, I have this, I have that and and it kind of just look what I've done, look at all the good things I've done. I'm not going to let you do this to these people on Kashyyyk or I'm not going to let you do this to that. It's every single part of it addresses like a part like the real cool thing is when he does regain this he has a flashback, like I said earlier in the episode, he has a flashback to the training session that he had for that. 
But if you listen to what Tapal is saying during it, it's it's like kind of like a warm feeling explanation and encouragement and stuff. And it like all of a sudden like resolidifies like his reasoning for a specific situation or something like that. And he gets his power back. And so the biggest one I would say that everybody knows about that really obviously you have to pay attention to is the one on Dothamir. Yes. Before we get into that, I, I, I really wanted to follow up on something you said there. That was a really good point. The flashbacks to when he was being trained in a certain force power, that was like he would mentally kind of regress back to that moment yep. and use that to give himself the strength to carry forward and rediscover his potential. And uh, one thing that really stuck with me in the game was during the flashback of uh, when he learned how to force push, Master DePaul tells him, Cal, with the force, the objects in our path become our path. And he comes back to, yeah, he comes back to present time in the temple he's exploring or whatever it was. And he reminds himself the path, the, the objects in my path become my path. And he remembers how to do what he's been able to do this entire time. And it's, it's like you said that the past gives him strength. And I think each time he experiences that it's like a small step toward forgiving himself for what happened again, coming back to that loss of innocence and that, that guilt that he carries. But yes, you mentioned Dathomir, and that's a huge moment for him. That's kind of the culmination of that. Well, like the whole spirit trial thing that he goes through on Dathomir is like, whoa, it's intense. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what was I happening even, at first when I got to that oh, part. <laughs> bro, I w- when that happened, I was kind of freaked out and kind of sad because I was like, why the hell is he saying that shit to him? For yeah. those who don't know, Spoiler alert, again, he goes to this planet that's like heavily ingrained in the force. And so, yeah, he he ends up going through this like spirit trial on this special temple. And to open the door, he has to face his fear, I guess, if you will, of his ultimate guilt, which is that he killed his master. And you see a vision of his master through the force. And he's like, you killed me. You'll never be a Jedi. And like all this shit. And he's like, starts fighting him. Um, and he breaks his lightsaber. He breaks his own lightsaber though. That's the thing. He's holding it the whole time and he just crushes his lightsaber and breaks it. And then that is, he, he fails. Essentially he fails the trial the first time it was an, it was another low point. And it, it came from, again, his fear and his guilt. And as Yoda teaches us, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Uh, and so on and so forth. But he eventually does return, and he's able to kind of rise to the occasion. He accepts what happened to him. He accepts that his master would be proud of him if he was around today. He kind of, like, faces his fears. He, he talks down the trauma inside of him with the new wisdom and knowledge that he has gained. And it's, it, it's kind of a reminiscent of Luke Skywalker's spirit trial on Dagobah. Oh, yeah. When, yeah. He faces uh kind of the, the shadow version of uh, Darth Vader. It's, 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 it's less a physical contest than it is just a mental exercise in forgiving yourself, accepting certain things beyond your control, trusting in the force, just like Charles uh, Paul said to, and, that's the moment Cal really comes into his own as a Jedi. And um, it just goes to show like how deep the scars of 
warfare can be. Oh, yeah. I mean, to kind of like for wrapping up thoughts and like final thoughts here, war sucks. No matter what. Definitely. War sucks. I mean, usually in the media, we will we experience like war through the eyes of like a soldier or an adult in general, even in, in movies, in the in the news, whatever. Usually that's what we we experience. But in this situation, in this in this game, if you will, we are viewing war through a child's eyes. The whole thing. I mean, he's a kid throughout this whole game, but especially Order 66, we are viewing this betrayal. We're viewing this violence, this confusion, this um, just just almost loss of hope through a child. Um, and, I mean, we want to talk about the most innocent thing right there to like hurt or or just take that away from someone just still full of innocence. Yeah. I really admire how this game took such an incident as Order 66, which in the movies is just used to establish, oh, hey, here's how the Republic becomes the Empire, basically. They took that concept and applied it to, here's what that would do to a child. Here's what that would do to a, to a Padawan and how it would rip away their innocence. And here's how they spend the rest of a game basically recovering from that. So it's, it's a, you know, very effective way to emotionally inform the rest of this journey on top of being some really good payoff for fans of the movies. So it kind of hits on both bases there in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple podcasts. It really helps us to grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.